welcome to the Nerd Party. Welcome to the Great Shot Kid, the Nerd Party podcast that focuses on the inspiration and works of Star Wars creators both within and outside of the galaxy and also takes a look at Star Wars' place in sort of the creative firmament of the entertainment world. Uh, I'm John and joining me this week by a special invitation is founder of the Nerd Party, co-host of Nerd Nuptial and Punch It, uh, the inestimable Tristan Riddell. Thank you for joining me, Tristan. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I love talking Star Wars and so rarely get a chance to do it. So I'm uh, I'm chomping at the bit to talk uh, specifically talk about what we're going to talk about tonight. Yes, we're we're going to be talking about something very special. We are going to be talking about Star Wars video games through the ages and not just the games, but also how they have uh, stacked up and represented Star Wars through the lens of the industry leaders, like, uh, you know, each era has sort of game systems and game mechanics that define it. And where did Star Wars fit into that groove and how did it work within that groove? Before we get started, though, just want to mention we're here on the Nerd Party Network. There are a lot of great shows. If you like Great Shot Kid, we strongly encourage you to check them out. We have so many shows. We have Aggressive Negotiations. We have Filibuster. We have Alpost. We have Nerd Nuptial. We have Punch It. We have SETI Alpha 3. Uh, probably 10 others that I'm forgetting at this point, Tristan. Yeah? Something like I, I, that. I don't even know how many we have. It's crazy. Yeah. Every so often people you know, send messages and I'm like, oh, that's right. We have that show. <laughs> but it's great. So go over to nerdparty.com, expand your horizons, and hear all of this great content that we have out there for you. You can also... Uh, subscribe to our Twitter feed. It's uh, at Join Nerd Party over on Twitter, and we always post when the new shows release. We love to interact with people over there. If you have any feedback, any ideas about any of the episodes, and you can also find us on Facebook, of course, which is Facebook.com/slash/TheNerdParty, and you can find you know what you can actually follow us on Instagram too. We're everywhere, man. <laughs> We're everywhere but Yik Yak, and nobody's on Yik Yak accounts, so you know that's cool. And also tell your friends, tell your friends about us because yeah. that's the best way for podcasts to grow is by sharing with your friends, sharing with your family, saying, "Hey, these guys sound really sexy on the mic. You should check it out, Grandma." <laughs> and and then she'll tell all of her friends, and then all of a sudden we'll have tons of quilts coming, you know, you know, via mail to the nerd party. So please do all That's of true. that and more. You can never have too many quilts, and uh, we we are very much here on Great Shot Kid looking to become number one at the nursing home. So help <laughs> us achieve that goal, please. Uh, so okay, so let's get into the topic because we're both like we we were going back and forth. We were what what are we going to talk about? And we hit on this idea of video games and where Star Wars fits into the different eras. And this is going to be fun. We are in no way going to be encyclopedic about every single title. No. I don't think I've played every single title. Tristan, have you? I feel like I have, but <laughs> like honestly, like I really, really, I, I feel like I've I've played most. But the thing is, is that I get them all mixed up because I'm like, okay, this mm -hmm. one is X-Wing Leader, but this one's X-Wing Rogue Squadron, and then this one's just yeah. X-Wing Rogue, and then this one is X-Wing Squadron, and you're just like, I don't, like, I get them so mixed up when they're just called X-Wing something, or X-Wing yes. versus TIE Fighter, that's one, you know, and everything like that, and, yeah. like, yeah. not not TIE Fighter, but Starfighter and all that kind of business, so... We will probably get some things mixed up here and there, but we have played a lot of Star Wars video games. 
Yeah, I too much probably. Uh, <laughs> probably. So 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 let, let's ask the inevitable first question. What what is the first Star Wars game you remember playing? Was it console? Was it PC? What was it? I I think it was at the um the arcade. I think it was oh, nice. Uh, the first one that I ever played was the Death Star Run a mm-hmm. video game where it was actually like you actually sat down in it. And yes. And I think you had the option. I think it was, it felt like, I feel like it was a converted Atari game because it was all red yeah. and everything like that. You know which one I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, you know, the and the graphics of it the, were a lot like uh, that tank game I, that I can't remember the name of. Yes. That, that really awesome Atari tank game. It was all, you know, uh, transparent polygons. And uh, for me, I know exactly the game you're talking about. It always I always sucked at that game because when you could see through everything, you could see the wireframe of the next thing coming up through the trench. Like it always, I without that depth perception or the coloring, like I, it would always mess me up. I I was really young when I played it, so I I severely doubt that I was any good. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what mattered was that you did play it. It's true. I played it. I liked it because I mean that's just mind blowing to go from. Because I never had a Game Boy, I never had a Super Nintendo or Nintendo or anything like that. Like my first console was Sega Genesis, and that was wow. That was cutting edge yeah. technology for me. Like that yeah. was on the cusp of of a, of a mechanical breakthrough. And um, I don't think I had any Star Wars games for that. So the idea, like, to go from this little this little handheld black rounded like um you know a controller. To actually sit in a chair and dual mm-hmm. stick control and have this yeah. big screen in front of you. Because back then, you know, at home, you know, like our TV was like 13 inches. You know, like you yeah. go to arcade and it's it's 27 and that's gigantic, you know, back in the yeah. day. And uh, that was just mind blowing. I'm like, that's at the point when you're just like, it doesn't get any realer than this, you know. <laughs> you know, and the thing is that that X-Wing game, the, the trench run game that you're talking about, really, I think is a touchstone for so many people. Like, even if you didn't play it when it first came out, mm-hmm. you played it when it when it was still there. Like, it became a mainstay of the arcades because nobody could resist trying their hand at the trench run. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't try it till many years after, you know, the peak of Star Wars and was, you know, basically in that... that I, I was in a podunk little town, so the, the odds of us getting... Like, we had to go to special places to play video games. You know, our, our town didn't even have a movie theater till I was like 13. So, you know, that, that that's what it was. So my my first experience was really on the Atari. Uh, and I it wasn't the I don't think it was the 2600. I think it was what was it the 7800? Was that the next one? Oh, geez. I couldn't tell you. It was one of the it was one of the Atari consoles. And I played the hell out of like the Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi games for those, which in retrospect, I remember many years later reading a collection of Harlan Ellison's works, and he was highly, highly critical. Imagine Ellison being critical <laughs> of video games in general, saying you're not playing to win; you're playing to stave off losing as long as possible. And that, and his whole treatise was about how pointless video games were. As a result, it has stuck with me to this day. Where I sit down, I start playing a thing, and I'm like, "Am I just playing to delay losing?" Or am I because like well, even when you get to the end of the game, it's like, oh, well, now it's over, you know, but 
at the very least nowadays with story games, there's like a goal that you're playing toward, like, you know, Master Chief getting off the planet or something like that. Well, you know, that's how Data won in Star Trek The Next Generation was by not losing. Like, he, he, he's, like he's like, I'm not going <laughs> to try right. to win. I'm just going to try not to lose. And then thus he frustrated his other opponent. So there you go. Ellison is just that's full right. of crap. Um, but no, I mean, I think that that's a, that's a good thing about video games. I'd love to start there since we talked about where we started, what, what was our first game. I, I think yeah. that's an interesting jump point where a lot of times it's just repetitive motion of trying not to lose. I, I think that's a good idea of arcade games. But as video games have evolved, like with Master Chief or even like with Bioware, you know, mm-hmm. like it's it's not so much about the destination. It's about how you get there and the people you interact with, the characters you interact with, the stories that you that unfold before you. And so... It's much. I think video games uh, and uh, Star Wars has been on the forefront of that uh, with Bioware and like uh, um, Knights of the Old Republic. Is that uh, it's kind of a choose-your-own-adventure story as opposed to just a, a button masher like Battlefront. See, it's funny because I tend to gravitate toward the stuff like Battlefront because, especially you know, I've been a father for a decade now. Um, you and once you get more than one kid, you sort of slide into this spot where you have. Oh, I got maybe ten minutes. I got maybe twenty minutes, and it's you know it's like all right, great. Well, what can I play that where I can just play something really fast? And that's that's sort of where Battlefront has that sweet spot for me. Or I haven't played the most recent Battlefront. I've seen the demos where it's like way beyond, but there was a great way to let off steam by. You know, with the original Battlefront games, jumping in an ad at Walker and stomping all over something for 20 minutes and being like, okay, it's done. My time limit ran out. It's really funny that you bring that up and that's how you phrase it. It's like, oh, I got 10, 15 minutes. You know, what can I play? I have done the same thing where, you know, like I'm a new father. I've been a father for about five months now. And and so I'm kind of getting to that point, too, where I'm just like, okay, I've got 10 minutes to myself. You know, what mm-hmm. can I play? I'm not going to play a story game, you know, like I'm not going to play Skyrim or something like that where I need to travel <laughs> right. a mountain and talk to a fair maiden and a, and a potato farmer. <laughs> I'm gonna, I, I want to sh- shoot some folk in the face. And yes. And so with Battlefront, the latest Battlefront, I have that. Uh, I put that in and I'm like, okay, 10 to 15 minutes. That's all I got. I put it in and it's like, oh, uh, Xbox says that you have an update of three and a half gigs. Strap in. Oh, for Yes. Uh, I hate the Xbox updates. They are they drive me crazy. Like uh, I turned on the Xbox not too long ago uh, after pulling it out of deep storage because of the move, and uh, turned it on. And it was like you have an update, you know, for certain features. And one of the kids said, "Should we hit no hit cancel?" Like my Xbox is probably like sixteen updates out of date because I just don't care. I can't do that nonsense. Yeah, it's it's insane. Like I. I want to. Uh, part of me wants to turn it on and put on the feature where it's on in the background and self updates itself. But then it's constantly whirring and making noise. Right. And I'm just right. I, no, I can't handle that. But yeah, bat- so I've played the new Battlefront, and the second Battlefront is actually coming out in a couple of months. And I still don't know why they called it Battlefront. I don't still don't know why they called it Battlefront and then Battlefront Two. We already had a Battlefront and Battlefront Two. Yes, and I loved Battlefront Two, especially campaign mode. Battlefront 2 is not only <laughs> one of the greatest Star Wars games of all time, it could be one of the greatest video games of all time. That Virtual high five right there. Oh, Give me boom. That seriously, like that is could be the 
the best third person shooter I've ever played. Like me and my buddy Daniel, I like uh, he, he's been my best friend since uh, kindergarten. We would spend every summer since 2005 mm-hmm. perfecting our, our our people on that game. Like we we were like. <laughs> fifth level brigadier admirals you know like it was absolutely insane the uh, it's how evolved these these characters were just like the stats and the and the kills and the and uh, yeah, oh yeah no the, the the introducing the stats was a beautiful thing yeah. for for battlefront 2 it, it really it really truly was because uh, like especially when I would concentrate on being a sniper, I'd be like, "How many headshots did I get?" That yeah, all oh, right. That was you know? so appealing. Like seriously, like after like the the post game wrap up would be it it, it was it, it was so nice because you you'd have this high of playing and then your cooldown was analyzing your stats. We were just like, "What five mm-hmm. headshots in a row? Hell yes!" And yeah, it's it it was just so it was just so much fun and like the capture the flag and the campaign mode with the like the stories in between and that was one big failing of the new release of Battlefront is that they didn't have a campaign mode and if oh, you, that's no fun i know that, that a lot of people didn't like that but they're changing that for the second one but that was the thing Battlefront 2's campaign mode is very it's a very loose campaign mode it's Oh yeah, you know, like it's it's like thirty second interstitials with some voiceover, and then boom, like that's your story and that's your campaign mode. And I'm like, really, yeah. you couldn't do that in 2016? Like you you couldn't just throw in some interstitials and throw together a loose story? No, now see the thing is that with, with the loose story, you're actually reminding me of wow, back in the 90s playing uh, Rebel Assault and Rebel Assault 2 on the PC. Man. Okay, so right, were, remind me of of those. Rebel Assault and Rebel Assault Two had uh, actual film footage. Um, well, I mean, you know, it's not like they went on location or anything, but uh, you know, yes. had like blue screen film footage, and they had actual story that you went through. And I remember, you know, the, my fondest memory probably of Rebel Assault Two is the fact that it was the first time I remember hearing. Um, in a context other than the four disc set that they released back in the '90s as well, uh, for the for the soundtracks, uh, the alternate take of the um, of both the Return of the Jedi queue, uh, the Sail Barge queue, and the Forest Battle alternate take, um, in, they were used in the game, and it, it always like that's for me that's an ultimate fanboy uh, you know uh, uh, win because. I'm like, oh, that's the alternate. T-. Like, it actually helps me get more into it because when you and this is something I, I've, um, I know this is sort of like tangential, but like something I sort of beat up on the first uh, season of Star Wars Rebels for was if you use music that's too closely associated with a certain specific point in the movie, it pulls me out of whatever experience I'm supposed to be having because when I hear the uh, the Tie Fighter dogfight music from Episode Four. That's what I'm thinking of in the back of my brain while I'm doing whatever else, whether it's watching a show or something like that. Yeah. So Rebel Assault 2, using alternate cues, helped me get more into the game because it didn't sound exactly like the movie repurposed. So that that, that was a big plus. But man, I loved Rebel Assault 2. And that actually had a female uh, protagonist in I, it. I'm looking at some of the video of Rebel Assault 2 just to refresh my memory. I played the hell out of that game. I remember there it now. There you go. It was I loved. I think this is kind of a lost art and I think some people are probably is glad that it's a lost art, but I'm a little sad because the integration of live action footage 
with cartoony video game footage is mm-hmm. it, it's such evocative it, it gives you such a feeling of nostalgia and and also it's almost like like I'm I, I'm seeing this this uh this rebel pilot shoot and when you when you click left on the mouse she rolls around and and shoots yeah. rolls back yeah. to cover rolls in shoots rolls back yep. for cover and it's like you're animating a gif because it's so right you know and everything like that and uh it's I miss live action integration in video games and I yeah, yeah I, I I still actually really enjoy uh I, I'm sure it was rebel assault 2 where this happened because at one point you wind up jacking like a millennium fa- like a, a uh, YT-1300, uh, yeah. you know, Corellian light freighter. And when it flies out, the cutscene shows it fly away and the stormtroopers are firing at it and they put their guns down and one stormtrooper looks at the other and says, we're dead. <laughs> I and it, like that, I always loved that. That was that was really maybe it was Rebel Assault one, but I'm pretty sure it was Rebel Assault two. Well, I uh, think where, where like in happened. Rebel Assault two, there was a like chapter three of the of the Corellian ship. You were in the mining tunnels. And yes. if you remember, you used your mouse to navigate mm-hmm. the Millennium Falcon. Actually, before we started talking today, like, uh, like before we started recording, I started thinking about, you know, video game memories in the past. And I remember going over to my buddy's house on his computer because he had a computer. I didn't e- I didn't even have one that knew that could play video games. And using that mouse was so difficult in trying to navigate. Yes, it was. The Falcon up and down and around these pipes and the and and the the tunnels it was insane were the arrow keys an option though i'm not were they an option where like you had to tap them because because the thing is there's a part of my memory and i'm i'm might be jumbling it up but the thing is if there was ever an option for me on any pc game to manipulate things with the arrow keys or with keys instead of the mouse i always went to those for some reason my reflexes with that were always so much better um, than uh, that than than using the mouse and I I actually I remember I had one friend who had a trackball oh. and he would play games with that and he was really good at it and I tried it one time I was like this is the devil's tool don't <laughs> don't show me this anymore but but the thing is while while we're sitting here and we're talking about these games of yesteryear th- this sort of like brings me you know to mind one of the things that that we're going to talk about is like Star Wars for a long time I think hasn't lived up to the potential that the title would recommend. And what I mean by that is in the era of the first-person shooter, uh, you know, you had um, Dark Forces, yes. And that was a lot of fun. And I also remember the cheat codes for that were, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's uh, amazing you know what, the what your co- mind remembers, what combination yeah, of letters and numbers. It's insane. They all started with L.A. Unlimited weaponry was L.A. Postal uh, as a a bad joke on all of the, the postal employee stuff that was going on at the time. And then there was um, the code. If you thought about it, you, it looked like a string of letters, but if you slowed down and you subtracted the LA, it was LA. I am lame was invincibility. I remember that code. That code was in a lot of games. Like, I yeah. feel like a lot of coders use that. Like I am lame or, or like, uh, like, this is lame or just the word lame just to remind you you're lazy for trying to yes. be, be in God mode. And I remember Dark Forces now. That was basically just doom, wasn't it? It was. And that and that's the thing that I want to get at is like Dark Forces was great as a Star Wars fan. But why why has 
why have Star Wars titles never been able to, to take that crown and become like the defining game of that era, right? Doom and Wolfenstein mm-hmm. are that era to me. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, that's right. Dark Forces was there. I mean, I have many more memories of playing Doom for hours at a time than I do uh, Dark Forces as much as I love Dark Forces. And we have, um, you know, Battlefront and Battlefront 2 were fantastic, but they're not the ones you think of from that era for that type of game. What does Star Wars need to do to break out of it? Why have they not been able to to become the industry leader with a game? I I'm trying to think. I I know <laughs> I know I talk about this game all the time. Like you I talk about it with you privately and I've even mentioned it on the show so far and I know you haven't played it and I I still I, I just I, never mind that's a different discussion. But Star Wars Knights <laughs> of the Old Republic came out in 2003 and uh, you know, like I'm trying to figure out how, what it would be classified as. I mean, it's it's an RPG, and yeah. I'm trying to think like, would you call it a turn-based RPG or would you just call it an RPG? I'm not quite sure. Like, I'm not very good at that kind of designation. But it came out in 2003 on the original Xbox, and I know that there was. I mean, like Final Fantasy is is as a turn-based RPG, and you you like you have World of Warcraft, of course. That's an RPG, and that's kind of what defined the area, the era. But Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic, I feel like, was a huge game changer because of what Bioware did with the story. I think it was a story okay. that a lot of people could latch onto because it was Star Wars based. But at the same time, it was oh, you can make the decisions. You can be a good Jedi or you can be an evil Sith or you can flip-flop from mission to mission. Like you don't have to, like you don't start the game and go, I'm going to be a Jedi or start the game and say, I'm going to be a Sith. Like you can go through a journey and be gray in the middle if you needed to. And the story was so engaging that people often herald this as the best Star Wars game of all time because it was an RPG. And I feel like this helped define rpgs moving forward and so i feel like okay that could like i'm like that's the exception to the rule you know and i know that you like to say it's the exception of the rule that proves the rule or something like that isn't that something you say or yeah the exception that proves the rule is, yeah, there you is go. the the old the old axiom uh that, that i like to roll out every so often yeah you're you're right so okay so basically what you're saying is knights of the old republic is a blind spot for me Yes, yes, but other than that, it's uh, Star Wars has kind of been the catch-up. It's kind of been, oh, this is working in this area of video games? Well, let's do that and then make a lot of money. So, okay, given that, though, I mean, like, what can they do? Because the thing is, uh, Force Unleashed, I thought, was great, but also also lived in that thing. Like, there's no Star... Star Wars in terms of film technology has always been a trailblazer. Mm-hmm. In terms of marketing was a trailblazer. In terms of this was a trailblazer. What do you think they need to do to bust out? Like wh- what is it that they need to do to get that Halo type of like Halo left an impression. Mm-hmm. Doom, Wolfenstein. These are names that roll off as you think through the eras uh, of these games. Is it just that nobody really claims that now? I mean, I know that Mass Effect is big. What can they do to sort of 
claim that sort of spot. Well, there would be no Mass Effect if it wasn't for the success of Knights of the Old Republic. Really? Yes, 100%, because BioWare did Knights of the Old Republic, and BioWare did Mass Effect. And um, Mass Effect is very much an expansion of the idea that is Knights of the Old Republic. Okay. Very much okay, so. Okay, so... So okay, so basically, my I guess then my theory is is sort of flawed then because they have been a trailblazer, and it's just that I haven't been paying enough attention. Well, I feel like they they tried to be a trailblazer with Star Wars Connect. Um, do you remember when that came out? Connect- I still own it, and I still occasionally play it, and I have never understood why it wasn't more warmly received by the fans. I don't think it was necessarily a Star Wars problem. I think it was a Connect problem. I feel like the technology failed. And I know I could be I I'm passing the buck here, but the the Connect the Connect is just an, an absolute failure for what it was supposed to be. Now it's just used for audio control. And that that's all it is mm. now. People don't use it for a- actively playing a game and I feel like that type of technology was developed with the lightsaber in mind. I, yeah. Oh, I, and I, I will concede that as much as I enjoyed Star Wars Connect, I never played the lightsaber stuff because it never worked right. It never went the way it was supposed to go. That is how Star Wars is going to be a trailblazer. That is how Star Wars is going to win the next level is when we get legit VR where it's not clumsy and you're holding two wands and just so mm-hmm. that you can fumble a doorknob, a virtual doorknob. Like, like once we actually get nice, native, and responsive technology for when we can hold something in our hands and move it with zero lag, the first thing that's going to be built is a lightsaber. Yeah, okay, that's a good I, point. I guarantee it. And so, like, if I can look into my crystal ball, I think that's where it's going to happen. And... I'm I'm looking through some of the best games out there. I mean, like there were some absolute utter failures, and you know, like Star Wars Obi Wan, um, Jedi Starfighter, Star Wars The Clone Wars, um, Yoda stories, uh, The Force Unleashed two. Uh, I I liked. Did it. you ever play that? I liked it. I liked you it. W- you like Force Unleashed two? Yeah. Okay, back that up for a second because I really like for me, Force Unleashed two. The cutscenes were longer than the gameplay. Oh, it was a and cash it, that grab. was really frustrating to me. Yeah, and I also hated the ending. Like, I hated the fact that you ran across Boba Fett and blah blah blah, and he caught Vader at the end. I was just spoilers. I was just <laughs> it. You can have that speech of you know, no, I beat you, I got away without it being, and I won, and Darth Vader is in chains. That's just a whole heap of problems for me. Here's why I liked the Force Unleashed too. I pretended that it was a DLC of the first one. <laughs> ah, okay. Like I really okay. I just I just treated it like an expansion pack. I mean, when I played it the first time, I was just I I was I was like everybody else. That's it. That that's yeah. that's the game. That's the entire game. Yeah, I thought it was a ripoff, but I like playing it because the gameplay is so much fun. It's kind of like when I watch a mo- like it like I hate to bring this up but like when I watch Star Wars Into Darkness it's a bad movie 
I don't like the you movie. You mean Star Trek Into Darkness. Did well, Star Wars Into Darkness, I guess, was The Force Awakens. <laughs> no, but um bum bum I'm here all week. Yeah, yeah, no, I yeah, sorry. Star Trek Into Darkness. You're like, I think it's a bad movie. It's bad filmmaking. But I like going to that world. I like seeing Kirk. I like seeing Spock. I like seeing Bones. And so now that the initial disappointment is over, I can go back and watch it every once in a while. And so I'm kind of that way with Force Unleashed because the gameplay is so badass. Okay, okay. Well, th- okay, speaking of gameplay, I was sworn, uh, I, I was made to promise to mention by the, uh, the, the absent this week, Mike Schindler, uh, who is typically on this show. You can follow him on Twitter at Mumbles3K. He uh, actually sent me a message when he heard what we were going to talk about, um, I believe threatening me, I don't know, I, I don't recall, uh, saying that uh, we would have to discuss the greatest Star Wars game of all time in his opinion. Can you guess what he chose? I'm going to guess Pod Racer. No, actually. Although Pod Racer was pretty great. Oh, that, I love that game. That was that's, that, that that was pretty. That's on another level. You, the 64 Pod you know Racing game. <laughs> you know what? That's another one where I think that is uh that does live in that if not Trailblazer, that endeared space where as much as people might have beat up on the Phantom Menace. Everybody loved playing that game. Oh yeah, that was a great game. But no, that was not his pick. It was Masters of Terras Kasi. Oh God, of course it was obscure and something. Like <laughs> uh, which was it was basically like Mortal Kombat for uh, for for Star Wars, and it it was I found it to be unengaging. Uh, you haven't played it. I never played it. I'm looking at video footage of it right now, and it's so... Yeah. It looks horrible, and you're right. It's Mortal Kombat um, for, now, for Star Wars, yeah. So Something I will say that uh, is strange to me is a lot of times the sequels uh, that come out for Star Wars games tend to be disappointing. Rebel Assault 2, I think, is an exception. Force Unleashed 2 was a disappointment. Uh, I think the the... The racer follow-up was a disappointment. Oh, yeah. It's called there, like there Racer been... Revenge or something like that. Yeah, so, something like that. And uh, I, TIE Fighter was not a, like going all the way back to the PC stuff. I adored X-Wing. Just the idea that they put you in a, a quote-unquote realistic flight simulator, at, but you were flying an X-Wing and you had to use your keyboard and the joystick at the same time, mm-hmm. it actually made me feel a great deal of uh, empathy for Biggs Darklighter when he's looking around in his X-Wing going, wait, wait, can't tell you how many miss- missions I lost because I hit the wrong key. And I was like, no, 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 <laughs> and you, you get blown up. So I, I feel you, Biggs, I'm there. So so the, the, the sequels have, have typically been disappointing, and I find that holds true now because the Lego Star Wars Complete Saga... Mm-hmm. I've been playing that with my oldest off and on as, we, as we've been able to. She loves it. I love it. We have a lot of fun. And it, it's a great kids game because the worst thing that happens to you when your character gets, you know, blown to pieces or whatever is you lose some coins. And that's, you know, yeah. it is exactly what a kids game should be. It's just fun. But the gameplay in Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens the way they handled the split screen. Have you played it at all? I have not played the Force Awakens one. I only have the complete saga because I kind of felt like I don't need anything more. Okay. 
they forced you to basically stay on the same screen with the original saga mm-hmm. uh, Lego stuff, right? And it could be frustrating at times because it's like, no, I got to jump up here. No, no, no. Just let them die and then I'll go up here. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. But they do this split screen thing where you can run separate ways. And in theory, you sit there and it's like, oh, that's cool. I can go run off in this direction and she can go run off in this direction and we can do all of this stuff and we can assist each other. But then they split the screen diagonally instead of, you know, uh, mm-hmm. one over top the other. And so they split it diagonally. And so the lower right-hand side, the person can be running in a circle like toward the right. And then you're running in a separate direction straight ahead in the upper left. And for my eyes and my brain processing, it just messes with me. And I'm like, no, 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 run back to me, run back to me, run back. We got to stick together. We got to stick together. It's really bizarre. I invite you to try it because I found that the way that they handled the split screen was 100% not the right way to go. And uh, like that, that's just, you know, where it hit me. I, uh, one, one thing uh, I, I feel like, because you have Battlefront 2, you have Rebel Assault 2, um, I mean, like those are sequels, and you, okay, yeah, Battle for, Battlefront Two was pretty, pretty fantastic. And then you yeah, had okay. um, uh, uh, the the Rogue Squadron sequels; those were really good. Mm-hmm. And then Jedi Knight Two was pretty good, like a Jedi Academy. I mean, that was a good one. So I don't, I don't eh. know if I can agree with you on the sequel thing. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, I invite anybody uh, listening, you know, am I right or is Tristan right? I mean, from from my point of view, okay, Battlefront 2, you're right. The original Battlefront 2, you're you're right. That is that is superior to TIE Fighter was not. Rebel Assault 2 was you know, um, it's misty through time. It wasn't worse though. It was it was an equal game. Um hmm. That's I don't know. Maybe it's an even split. Because the thing is, wasn't there a sequel to Knights of the Old Republic as well? Yes, yes, there was, and I really enjoyed it. I, I, it kind of, it's kind of is the redheaded stepchild of the RPG Star Wars games. But I thoroughly enjoyed the second one. And there's like a Redux version that floats that is floating around the internet where you can download the expanded edition that was never released. Like there was a lot of cut storylines that actually makes it better. It's almost like a fan edit. It's crazy. Um, hmm. but one thing I want to talk to you about, one thing that is, was, is, is a game that I get often gets forgotten about and it's very dear to my heart. I love this game and I wish I had access to it right now. And it's the episode one tie-in. It's just the Phantom Menace. It's the story of the Phantom oh, Menace. Yeah. Did you ever play this right. game? I did. I did play that. I absolutely yeah, that loved good. it because... I was able to play it on my computer, which I wasn't able to play a lot on my computer because I didn't have a PlayStation. I didn't have a new age console or anything like that. I just, you know, I had my 64. And this one, I remember this one was very, this was like open world to me where you could just roam around. And also another thing though, is that you could go crazy Grand Theft Auto style. (laughs) Like if I wanted to kill everybody in Moss Eisley, I could. And, like, that was just mind-blowing to me. I don't ever remember playing a game before that where you could do that. And I know that sounds sadistic and weird, but it was awesome. It was so much fun. Well, I, you know, I mean, part part of the fun of anything is exploring and learning more about it. And that, you know, th- this is one of those things where, yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, running around in the world, it's not the same as Grand Theft Auto. Because in Grand Theft Auto... 
like it's not running around in the world is with the express intent of causing horror mm-hmm. and terrible things and stuff that I mean honestly I can't even play Grand Theft Auto because I'm like ah, I can't do that but running around and exploring in the in the you know oh, oh I ran around Mos Eisley or Mos Espa you know okay but this is Star Wars everybody's a bounty hunter or affiliated with the Imperials or you know something like that so it's <laughs> like when you fight somebody that you run across like hey he was probably working for Jabba what the heck <laughs> You know, so you can sort of rationalize it that way. Maybe you were, maybe you weren't being so bad. So, you know, I, I'd let you off the hook for that. So, okay. So th- this has been, this has been fun. What I want to know, and you've given how Star Wars can be a trailblazer, given that that no lag VR connect experience is still several years down the road. I'd say very much so. Yeah. Let's say they make an announcement that they're going to release another game in three years. What should they do? What's their niche? What What is their target that would make Tristan Riddell say, "That's it. They got it. They figured out the magic that's gonna that's gonna bring them great fame and fortune." Well, I feel like for me, the reason why I talked about the VR thing is because the games that focus the most on the lightsaber are my most favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, that like that is that's my wheelhouse. That's where you'll you're gonna get me, and like I'm talking like Star Wars Jedi power battles, you know, like that. Oh gosh, I remember that. Yeah, that is an amazing, amazing game that's always looked looked over, and also has one of the the greatest loading screens, like the greatest prologues to uh, any video game mm-hmm. in, in, that I can think of. And then there's Star Wars Episode Three, the movie tie-in game. <laughs> That I is oh, also that was pretty great. I know, yeah. like I think that gets yeah. overlooked a lot, and I'm gonna get back to my point. I'm not just stalling, um, but yeah. <laughs> like that that game, it focuses on the lightsaber. It was all about like like all most of the buttons on your pad were focused on lightsaber fighting, and not to mention the cool alternate ending at the end where you actually kill the emperor. Um. So, uh, yes, that was pretty great. No, the galaxy is mine. Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. I. No. I remember exactly verbatim what it is. Is that because I replay this in my mind all the time? Um. It's uh. He, like uh. The emperor. Like he. He kills Obi Wan, so he doesn't get his yeah. arms chopped off. He kills Obi Wan, and then he goes up to the emperor, and the emperor is there, and then he hands him a new lightsaber. He's like, like Darth yep. Vader, your new lightsaber. And, and then he flips it around and stabs him through the chest and the emperor dies. And then he looks at all the stormtroopers and everything like that. He's like, the galaxy belongs to me. He says it oh, that's just right. like that. Yes. Very good. Very good. And the yes, reason why I remember that is because side note, and I'm totally going to dog on him. And I know he's listening right now is that I sent that scene, that clip to Matt rushing. And yeah. I said, I was like, how cool is this alternate ending? And instead of going, yeah, that is awesome. That's weird, or that's different. He goes, that would never work. That's <laughs> I said, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to talk with that boy on aggressive <laughs> negotiations and set him straight because that is one awesome alternate ending. <laughs> but hey, you, uh, know, you rushing, you, you know, know, I love you. I'm just dogging on you. But anyway, so <laughs> I'm tr- I'm trying to remove myself from the whole lightsaber thing, like like. We always think lightsaber is synonymous with Star Wars. And so I feel like if VR is like 10 years from now, you know, mm-hmm. with, with with the no lag lightsaber, what can come out in three years? So that means that they'd have to be currently developing it now. I mm-hmm. think it would have to be. My mind is going towards 
the next level RPG. You know, like what's mm-hmm. beyond Knights of the Old Republic? What's beyond Mass Effect? What's beyond Mass Effect Andromeda? And I think this would be, this could be an ultra long game where it's not necessarily, like, I, I still am leaning towards the lightsaber, but what if you are a child who is born, you know, in the in the Republic, you're found by Jedi, and so you go through the prequel Jedi Academy experience, and that would be pretty awesome. You do that for a while, like maybe that's a couple of games where you end the first game with being picked by a master, mm. and so okay, like you create a career out of being a Jedi. It's not just like oh, the first chapter is, and then you graduated the academy. No. It is a long story of you going through the academy, being accepted, being raised by your teachers, and learning the lightsaber, learning the force, going through all that, going through the trials, talking with Yoda, and you don't know if you're going to get picked by by a master, but then you go through a final trial, and you are, and then that's the first game, and then the second game is you a little bit older, but going around the galaxy on diplomatic missions as well. I like it. I really like it. I would take that. I think role-playing does play a part in this, but I'm going to turn it on its head a little bit. I'm going to say I, I'm I'm with you there. That's a game I would play um, if I had the time. I would absolutely play it. But what I would take it and where I would put it is there is so much discussion about canon and official <laughs> and missing story. You know what? Double down. Go. Don't make people go around and buy a ton of books or a ton of comic books or watch web series or anything like that. Have a game where your character bring in the role playing thing, but the world you're in is everything that's happening officially. To uh, you know, and as you go, you learn more and more to show how the galaxy develops between Return of the Jedi. And the Force Awakens. Oh, so you're a character, but the sort of like the you know the the stick is I don't want to die or lose my character or my progress or anything like that. And the carrot is as I go through each level, I learn more and more about the official story about what happened between the movies. You're gonna get your wish in October. I am. That's Battlefront Two. Oh, like if you are what like if, really? if you watch the trailer, the the lead, the the protagonist is a female protagonist. She I don't think she's a stormtrooper, but she's a part of the Imperial Guard or the part of the Imperial okay. forces. And the game starts with with you on Endor, and then you look up in the sky and you see the Death Star explode, and you're like, "What do we do now?" Oh, interesting. And so you move forward in your career, or what's left of your career. And I think you bridge the gap to The Force Awakens from Return of the Jedi. I think that exact thing happens, if I'm remembering correctly, from the trailer. Well, there you go. There you go. They, I, I, I had a great idea. They just had it before me. <laughs> awesome. That's, that's great. And I swear to God, I'm so unplugged from video game stuff, I had no idea that that was the case. That's really funny. So, I like you, nuts to me. I'm going to show you the trailer. I'm going to send it to you, and you're going to be like, this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> this, is, this was in yeah. my head five minutes ago. They're going to... They're going to force me to buy an Xbox One, aren't they? Oh, man. Batman Batman Arkham um, Knight is the entire reason why I bought an Xbox One. 
and I bought if I bought it for one game, you can too. Now, one like we're like we're rounding yes, with for, all of the expendable cash I have right now. Oh yeah, just like yeah, just like pull out the yeah. six hundred bucks yeah. from your pocket and then just throw there it down. Go. Um, no worries. Even though this is your show, I'm saying we're rounding third because I know you got places to be and and babies to kiss. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I I feel like we would be remiss if we did not talk about <laughs> Star Wars Republic Commando. Oh wow, yeah, Republic Commando was was the best. I, I would love for them to do a game like that completely. That that was that was an amazing game because the thing is it had a forced ending. There was no way out of that ending, mm-hmm. but it didn't feel uh forced. It felt like an organic ending. It totally worked. And yeah, that that Republic Commando is hands down I mean Masters Masters of Terras Cassie, no way. There are nostalgic favorites, but if I'm if I'm honest, if I'm put to it, Republic Commando was probably the best game that that they ever released with the Star Wars uh, uh, logo on it. Yeah, this um this game was a first person shooter and a first person shooter in the Star Wars universe using Unreal Engine two, and it it just the cooperation that you have with the computer with computer players you can either play it with somebody else you can either be multiplayer or play it on your own and just everybody had their own distinct personalities even though they were all clone troopers and just the whole um oh uh camino tie-in you know with with those characters at the beginning and i think i think it was just it was just so much fun because you felt like you were in a small crew you're like this is my crew this is my team you know, you're, yeah. you're not a part of the 501st, like in Battlefront. You're a part of a four-person team. And you got to yeah. know those characters. And um, I think my only gripe was the super battle droids were almost invincible, if I remember correctly. Yeah, which is not exactly how they were in the movie. No, but, not uh, exactly. Hey, that's all right. That's all right. Uh, you know, and actually, you know, and to just to speak to the team mentality, what I liked was it enabled the game never to feel stale because if you if you if it wasn't working for you to be the sharpshooter or the commander you could run off and be the sapper and it gave you the ability to just like you know oh I want to do this today and that that was I think uh, a great great strength of the game but are Tristan and I way off base is there something we've overlooked then uh please let us know go to uh the nerdparty.com slash contact look up great shot kid and send us a note we would love to hear uh you know I think that Star Wars video games for Star Wars fans is an endless sort of thing. Where do you think Star Wars sits in the pantheon of video game trailblazers? Have they done their job or is there something that they could do to become, you know, the innovative company? Uh, You know, like like we've been asking, Tristan had some thoughts and so did I. So what are yours? Uh, And speaking of those thoughts, Tristan, where can people find you online? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at the insane Robin. You can also find me on the network. Uh, on a, a show called Nerd Nuptial, which is a show that I host with my wife, where we talk uh, married life through a geek lens, or geek life through a married lens, however you want to slice it. And I also host uh, mm. Punch It, uh, which is all about writing and pop culture with my co-host Charlene Schmidt, and we have a lot of fun there. And uh, it's this this topic. We could have three more shows on it because we probably haven't even talked about Shadows of the Empire or. Knights of the Old, not, not Knights of the Old Republic, but the Old Republic, and how that replaced Star Wars Galaxies, and and it just, just oh, it 
just there's so many things like galactic battlegrounds that like like that saga there's so many things that we have not talked about because star wars has been around for so long and video games have been around for so long and the train wreck that was star wars bounty hunter you know like we haven't talked about all these things but I want to know. From, I don't want to know from the people. I want to know what are some of your favorites. And please go to thenerdparty.com slash contact, like John told you, and uh, and let us know. You can track me down as Castle Junkie. Y'all know this drill by this point if you've been listening to the Great Shot Kid. And uh, you can find me over on Aggressive Negotiations uh, right here on the network. You can find me over doing Stage Nine on the Trek FM network uh, with Mike Schindler. And um, you can find me co-hosting uh, Words with Nerds with my pal Craig. And so those are all the places where you can find me. Those are all the places you can find Tristan. And in the interim, thank you for joining us on this journey. And who knows? Maybe you're right, Tristan. Maybe this deserves a sequel. And it will be better than some of the Star Wars video sequels that have been out there. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.